Welcome to The Dead Drop, your secret cache of game news delivered safely and securely to your podcast player. I'm Matt Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. It's a new week in video games and it feels like the stories are spent. With so many big game releases already fired off, we've got some interesting interim stories to address, but I'm going to keep a closer to home in today's episode. For the Australians among you, these are the new stories that you need to know. If you've been keen to place a reservation for a Steam Deck but haven't done it yet, you'd better. The Verge reports that a change on Valve's Steam Deck page has indicated that orders made now likely won't be able to ship until October 2022. Normally the expected shipping time has been after Q2, but now with orders ramping up and the success of the Linux-based handheld PC, it looks like we'll need to wait a little bit longer if we order today. Reviews about the device have been mixed, mostly saying that the Steam Deck is great and also terrible. The consideration of this hardware as an early access version of a console means it may cause gamers to double take on whether they get it or not. The modding community, however, has been going wild and enjoyed the customizability of the deck with Nintendo emulation, Steam ROM access, Linux-based emulation, and even taking the Steam Deck interface to use on a standard computer. I love me a good hobby, but when is this thing going to come to Australia? You listening, have you got a hookup for me? The parents of a 32-year-old finance manager who worked in Activision Blizzard in 2017 are suing the company for wrongful death after her suicide during a company retreat. This comes hot on the heels of many lawsuits directed at Activision Blizzard for their environment of sexual harassment, bullying and misogyny, and Bobby Kotick, the current CEO, being complicit and even encouraging it. The Verge reports that the lawsuit claims that prior to Kerry Moynihan's death, male colleagues had distributed photos of her genitalia. It's also noted that during the investigation after her death, Activision Blizzard refused to grant access to Moynihan's phone and laptop, and Greg Restituito, her boss at the time, had failed to disclose their sexual relationship to investigators. Restituito also left Activision Blizzard a month after Moynihan's death. No one should be surprised that Activision Blizzard would stoop this low, especially after Bobby Kotick refused to abdicate his position when employees and shareholders called for his resignation. I only hope that the parents of Kerry can find some measure of peace upon the success of their lawsuit and Activision Blizzard getting what's coming to them. Sony PlayStation's answer to Xbox Game Pass is rumoured to be close to announcement and even release very shortly. These rumours may prove correct as some PS4 and PS5 players have purchased PS Plus memberships and are also getting PS Now bundled in for free. Some users on NeoGAF have claimed to get the two services bundled together despite only paying for one, as Sony has communicated that Spartacus, the codename for the project, will be some form of a combination of the two. It makes sense for users to think a release is imminent. PS Now is a subscription service already to a number of PS titles, but does not include day one releases or current games. PlayStation's Spartacus project is an attempt by Sony to create a gaming service that will deliver older new titles to players under a subscription-based model. Jeff Grubb of GamesBeat has all but confirmed the subscription costs and packages for this new service, but Sony is keeping their cards close to their chest. If you ask me, I think PlayStation players will be disappointed by the release. Whether it be a prohibitive cost or a less than stellar catalogue compared to Xbox Game Pass, 
I would urge you to set your expectations low and leave room to be pleasantly surprised when it does get announced. The Australian Ratings Board does it again. RimWorld, a space colony simulation game from 2013, was recently put in front of the board again due to a console release coming very soon. After review, the ARB gave the game a refused classification, meaning that it could not be sold in Australia for the way that it deals with, and I quote, matters of sex, drug misuse or addiction, crime, cruelty, violence, or revolting or abhorrent phenomena in such a way that they offend against the standards of morality, decency, and propriety generally accepted by reasonable adults. Refused classification makes it illegal for sales, but no one expected this to affect currently available instances of the game on the Steam Store. Unfortunately, the rating has led to the game being removed for new buyers on Steam in Australia, while Australians who already had the game are able to keep it. This is a common story. Many games have been given ratings above and beyond the intended or seemingly ridiculous reasons. The Australian rating system has been notorious for their approach to mature games by not having an R18 plus rating at all for a very long time. Despite this, the Steam Store has continued to sell some PC titles, such as Postal 2 and Leisure Suit Larry. We can hope that our situation in Australia will change, but with the availability of VPNs to access different country stores, the impact of the rating is lessened somewhat. I'm still waiting for a chance to play Hotline Miami 2 after the success of the first, but I'm not holding out hope. As a fresh addition to the podcast, I'm adding a new segment for all the funny, weird, and wonderful stuff that you listeners can find related to video game news. And we're gonna call it The Weird Drop. An article I came across the other day discusses the discovery of a Chinese woman in 2015 who was presumed missing back in 2005. It was found at an internet cafe using a fake ID in Hangzhou, China. Zhao Yun was presumed dead by her parents after she disappeared from home after an argument and could not be found again. After her discovery, she said that she'd lived out of an internet cafe for the 10 years after her disappearance and made a living by playing Crossfire for money and working out of the cafes. One could argue she'd made a career out of games or that her fierce determination helped her to support herself, but in the end, we should not be taking this as a life lesson. I want to hear the weirdest video game news stories that you guys have. If you'd like to submit your story to be featured on a future episode, send your story with a link to deaddroppod at gmail.com. Make sure you include your social media handle too, so I can shout you out on the show. That was the gaming industry news that you need to know. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories, transcripts and more. Join me every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday to discuss the latest game news. Did I miss anything? Let me know on Twitter, at MattBlissPod, or via email at deaddroppod at gmail.com. Or don't, and just tell your friends about the Dead Drop for video game news. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days. Bye.